to Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is the wonderful Ashford. Hey, I'm happy to be here, guys. Nice talking to you. Okay, so are you ready to Kung Fu fight? Huh? Wow. The martial arts. Yes. Mix them up. Yes. I'm going to mix these martial arts together. Yes. So, we're going to be talking about the Sons of the Tiger. I love that name. It all It's very 70s kung yeah. fu. Shaw Brothers. I'm a big Wu-Tang Clan fan, so this is up my alley. We'll see. Yeah. So, so, um... We're gonna we're gonna you know get into like their deal first because once we start talking about them, there's not a lot going on. But mm, okay. but what's going on with them is interesting. Together, so, so Lee Sun Abram Brown and Richard Diamond were the most skilled students attending the San Francisco Martial Arts School run by the Sensei Master Key. Key sustained a mortal injury when the school was destroyed by a group of ninja terrorists. I wish we could get back to the days when we had ninja terrorists as like the main <laughs> villains. <sighs> Before he died, the sensei gave the uh, gave son three J talismans in the shape of a tiger head and four paws. Sun, Brown, and Diamond each donned one of the pendants discovered. And discovered that they, if they recited an ancient chant, that each of them had, uh, each of them had the combined strength, ability, and the ability of three men together. The chant was, "When three are called to stand as one, as they, f- as they'll f- fight, their will done. For each is born anew, the tiger's son." It's a really clunky chant, honestly. Yeah. I forgot my mantra. Uh, the sons of the uh, ti- the sons of the tiger set out to avenge Key's death, tracing the ninjas to a rival school, which proved to be a front for a heron ring and an ancient cult worshiping the Silence Ones. Uh, lo- a long dead representative of an ancient and powerful extra-dimensional race. So they're like the Silence Doctor Who. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, huh? No, that's what I was thinking. I'm just like, okay, okay, cool. I guess everyone shoots them now, as soon as they see them, and tries to kill them. I can see Stephen Moffat going through this handy alphabetical order index book and going, hmm. So, okay, so that season, the, the favorite part, of my favorite part of that season in particular, is... You know, like towards the end, it goes a whole setup things. It's like, hey, you know, what is my name and everything. And and I love I love to be uh, I love that um, he told he told uh, River 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 to say like, what is my name? It's just like and he told her to like look into my eyes. And I like the idea of someone not getting what was happening there. And yeah. thinking yeah. that the Doctor Who's real name was look into my eyes. Call me looking to my eyes, Williams. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's um. But I I liked that I liked that season for the most part. But I cannot stand Moffat nowadays. So, 
Oh yeah, he's uh he's slippery when wet. Well, yeah, we got he's he's one of those writers that just crawls firmly up his own butt and then like somehow makes a Morbius strip of bullshit. Um, oh yeah, so I think he calls it uh, timey wimey yeah. stuff. Yeah, timey wimey stuff. He he's really good at making go- up really good stuff and then just ruining it himself. No one else <laughs> ruining it. Him hit him. In Painting himself into corners, huh? Yeah, it's just like, hey, what if we create one of the more interesting villains? Just like, hey, we're just going to do a Reaping Angel episode like every other episode. Making them, yeah. like, water to them down to the point where they're dumb and no one likes them anymore. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the cult was defeated. and But no one... But no clue was found to... That would lead directly to the Silent Ones. In an attempt to draw out the Silent Ones to the open, the Sons attended a well-publicized martial arts competition in New York. En route, they helped stop an attack by the criminal Fu Manchu and his, follo- and his followers. The C. Fan of the American Delegation of the United Nations... Um, the contest had a Madison Square Garden atta- uh, attracted the uh, attention of the Silent Ones. Their agent. Okay, I'm starting to get bored. Um, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I want to get to the part where they just have the girl on the team because there's three dudes, a girl who does not do the White Tiger thing that we're going to be talking about later. I mostly just wanted to talk about that they were ninja terrorists that was led by an ancient dimensional race that apparently trained ninja terrorists. When was uh, their first established start date as far as a uh, comic book appearance? Oh, that was the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, number one, uh, in April 1974, The Testing oh, of awesome. Shang-Chi. I like that. Yeah, yeah we, who Shang-Chi is going to be getting his own movie um, soon. It's going to be the second Marvel movie coming out next year. Uh, uh, certain things that took off in the 70s, uh, just to name a few. Uh, Kung Fu and, like, devil imagery. Yeah, also, like, also, uh, black exploitation showed up a oh, lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, and, like, they just, like, black exploitation and Kung Fu movies just, like, they just, oh, they meld together like chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah, forgive, I, forgive I remember. The, forgive the uh, pun there. Yeah, I don't know if uh, if they did this on purpose, but on an episode of Kirby Enthusiasm, where he uh, adopts that black family, they went through uh, Katrina, and they were in bed together watching kung fu movies. And they were called the Blacks. They were the black family watch kung fu movies. I was like, did they do this on purpose? This was brilliant. Yeah, it's 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 one of those th- like one of the things I love about like seventies cinema is that even though cinema has been going on for for years, like half a decade at that point, um, they still had no idea how to do a movie. They're still tours. So like, so like 70 movies are just like the pinnacle of just like, what are we doing? I guess we're going to throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. One thing I like about the 70s, I, I, when I was a kid, I used to romanticize the 60s, but now I'm on a big 70s kick because it's, it's modern, but not enough. So, like, if you're a detective and you're awesome at being a detective, 
you're really good because technology is there, but not really. So you really got to gumshoe it up. Like, and like even watch something like 70s Doctor Who or like I mentioned to you before, uh, Blake 7, 78, 82. It's where we don't have the effects. So we really got to do some good writing to make people suspend belief to believe this. And then like 80s, 90s, 2000s, you know, we can special effect it up or do spectacle. But in the 70s, it was like the last time you really had to like, ah, but yeah, I know what you're talking about as far as like in the 70s, they would show someone pull up in a car, get out the car, walk out the car, knock on the door. And it's like, that just lasted four minutes. Also, it was the era when it was okay to have like a five minute scene where Sean Connery, where a bunch of people were watching Sean Connery watch some porn so they could see if he has a get a boner. That and also uh, in in 70s movies, a lot of times it was very quiet. So like if you watch The Godfather Part 2, it's such a quiet movie. So when gunshots ring out, it's like, whoa, because it's uh, alarming, uh, jarring. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, let's get back to this real quick. Yes. So, yes. so speaking of uh, blaxploitation, uh, like Abraham Brown. Oh, man. Let me please, guys, <laughs> let me do a mini series about Abraham Brown. Uh, yes. Like he is he is straight out of a black exploitation film. Like he's first off, um, not allowed to have a full shirt, because that was just a rule for both Marvel and DC, apparently. Taco meat. Yeah, it's just like just no, just no, no, no black man is allowed to have a full shirt. Yeah. Like like uh like and I think actually I think this happened for both uh Black Vulcan and uh, Black Goliath. Well like they would wear like a bodysuit. Like, it would be a bodysuit, just like everything, but they just had a square cut out over their abs for some reason. Hmm. Like, hey, man. <laughs> I mean, this is a little, this, th- I give this a little bit more because all the other dudes are wearing the same thing, but that's basically what Luke Cage was wearing, but with sleeves. Hey, man, I want my character a little bit more uh, nuanced, man. What's up with this? I got one beat. But, so, his name is Abraham Brown. Also, great name. Love that name. I love it. I can't get off of it. Abraham Brown. Just real good. Also, just that afro is on point. Like, he even has, like, a, like, and, like, it's just the red accents, because he's wearing, like, a yellow, yellow uh, shirt that, like, just down to the navel, down to the navel, barely covering his nipples. Um, He has, like, a red, a red wristbands and stuff, and he has, like, that, um, uh, what's the right what's the right term for that mustache? It's it's almost like a handlebar. A goatee? Mustache. No, no, it's not a goatee. It's not a goatee. It's just a mustache. It's a yeah. goatee. it's a mustache part of the goatee though. But is it a thick one? It's yeah. just a thick old mustache. Yeah, it's just a seventies mustache. Hey, I, man, I got this uh, welcome back Carter mustache, and <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to slither in into this nineties R and B. Yeah, I I'm imagining like I I can actually I can imagine like uh. Like Billy D. Mm-hmm. Oh. Now, when I open up that Colt 45 <laughs> every time. So, uh, so he also goes by A. Brown. He's a uh, martial arts instructor. Uh, citizen of the United States. No criminal record. No dual identity. Um, unrevealed. He's single. Birthplace is unrevealed. He's single. Uh, works out in the uh, U.S. 
So the next three people I talk about are all going to be coming from Deadly Hands Kung Fu, number one. I love that name. Oh, God, Deadly Hands. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, he's 6'3", weighs 230, uh, wait, 235, brown, uh, brown eyes, black hair, normal human strength, superhuman powers, none. That's he he punches and has a really cool name. That's his thing. That's my thing. Yep. So next person we're gonna talk about. Also also this is pinnacle of just uh multi uh a multiracial gang of um of do gooders that do kung fu. No, that showed up in like American Kung Fu movies all the time. Because next person we're talking about is Diamond I wish it was Diamond Robert, but it's Robert Diamond. Diamond mm. Robert would be better, but Robert Diamond. Yeah. Uh, he is a white dude with blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. He's wearing. It looks like he's wearing kind of like a like a jumpsuit, and his V goes even deeper. He he looks like he's going to bully me in nineteen eighty three. Yeah, like he looks like an eighties bully. Yeah, he's also he's an actor and martial artist. Hmm. And uh, both a- uh, both uh, Abraham Brown and uh, Robert Diamond, they have the four paws of the of the Jade Tiger amulet. Um, he is a citizen of the United States with no criminal record, no dual identity, unrevealed birthplace. He's single. Operate. He works out of uh, Hollywood in New York City. Um, he's six foot. He's six foot. Weighs one ninety. Blue eyes, blonde hair. Normal human strength. Also, no known superpowers. Um, and then the last of the original Sons of Tiger, um, Lin Sun, uh, who is the person who got the main amulet and just gave the the least impressive parts to the other people. I like these names. I do. I do. They're real. They're real good. Like kung fu, seventy kung fu movie names. Um, but he has pretty much the same outfit as Abraham Brown. Why the white dude get a different outfit? We all agreed on this on the first meeting. I, I, I love when people. You know how hard it is to get two people to agree on like a meeting place, and the fact that how many of them are there? Five. Well, yeah, there's five of them, but originally there was only three of them. So yeah. this is pretty neat. But, a trio. But but why did but why did the white dude get the different outfit? But the minorities got the different ones. See, hey, it's <laughs> it's a story behind it. That's I want to write this. There's a story behind that. Oh well, there there probably is. You need to you need to hit up Marvel. Say I want to bring back the Sons of Tiger. Now we're doing some Shang Chi later. You know, I would love it. Maybe. Oh man, I would love it. <laughs> so, uh, he's a martial arts instructor as well. Citizen of the United States, no criminal record, no dual identity, unrevealed birthplace, single, uh, no known relatives, also appeared in Deadly Hangs of Kung Fu 1. He's 5'6", five, 5'6", six. Five, six, weighs 155, brown eyes, black hair, normal human strength, no known superhuman powers. So, so yeah, so uh, their deal is, as I said before... When they ch- uh, they have those amulets, when they do the extremely chunk- chunky chant, uh, they get the power. Each of them get the power of three men. Oh, that that's a good turn. Which is better than what uh, Nighthawks, 
uh, power is, which he gets the power of two men at night. Boxer of Animal Farm, he had the strength of 40 hands. Or, um, but also, but they technically, all of them are basically 3D man, minus the 3D glasses. Because 3D man, or triathlete, who is also a person who has the power of three men. Yeah, well, when you say three man, it's so subjective. I know, like, is it three of the mountain? Or is it three of, like, is it three of me? Like, I'm, I'm strong enough to be able to do a lot of things, but not, like, enough to pick up a car like yeah it's uh and then you know you got the whole spectrum thing and it's just uh we're in the 21st century just the definition of man it's so it's loosey-goosey and it's a uh, back and forth okay. they would have to update that well what okay what about this it was it was the strength of three random men that exist on the earth so you get wildly different strength levels. Yeah. So it's just yeah. it was based off of so like you could get the power of like like a not super strong man from like I don't know somewhere in Europe, like a super strong man from Iceland, and like maybe like someone in like you know Alaska, who's like yeah. okay. And, and the strength of three men. The strength of three. Men. The strength of three Pacific men. Yeah. <laughs> random <laughs> like I think what I would do in that situation is I would like meet the men who I get the power from and just like give them a gym membership yeah like pay them to work out so you could get more of their more power three men I love that so so now we get to the girl of the group <laughs> yeah because you know the whole four four guys and a girl team thing four guys a girl in the pizza place so this is and forgive me for doing this uh lotus shinchenko Mm, lotus yeah uh martial arts instructor so three of these people treat teach martial arts they're dedicated and students of the gang i wonder like i wonder like how far apart their strip mall uh dojo yeah (laughs) yeah Urban sprawl. <laughs> like it's just Oh like, yeah, they they rival yeah, rival dojos, yeah. And then they come together like we were rivals at first and now we we're one red group. Yeah, so pretty much the same thing, like all the way down, except she first showed up in uh Deadly Hands of Kung Fu number eight. A hatred for all seasons in uh nineteen seventy five. Great year. Yeah. Uh, so she is 5'2, weighs 110, has green eyes, black hair, normal human strength, and also no known superpowers. And I'm wondering if she does it, uh, anything more. Is she brunette? Well, she's. I'm going to be guessing Japanese. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. She's dark hair. This is a this is a cool squad. They got to do something with this. Yeah, well, maybe they will because like they worked with uh they worked with Shang Chi a lot, Shang Chi and Son of the Tigers. So, hmm. Sons of the Tiger. So, so yeah, uh, she doesn't do a lot. Yeah, she doesn't appear to do a lot. Um, yeah, and then we're gonna get to White Tiger next, and White Tiger is 
the character that actually gets a lot of appearances afterwards. Not this one in particular, but but we do get um we do get them later. Okay, so his his name is Hector uh, Ilea. Occupation is college student and former adventurer. Um, citizen of the United States with no criminal record. Publicly known identity. Was born in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Single. Uh, works out of New York. And showed up in Hands of Kung Fu, number 19. Shall I Love the Bird of Fire? In December 1975. And this apparently was the, uh, when, like, Iron Fist started becoming a bigger deal. There's an omnibus, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, omnibus number one. Yeah, I want to read it. Iron Fist. Yeah, Yeah, this is cool stuff. Yeah, so, um, he's six foot tall, weighs 190, brown eyes, black hair, has normal human strength. And, um, he last, he, he actually had, he didn't die, but he had the last appearance in, uh, Spectacular Spider-Man number 52. Because cool the white, because the white tiger stuff passes on to, from host to host. Um, she, uh, it's right now, it's actually, oh, apparently white tiger had, uh, the the new white tiger uh angela del toro hmm and she's pretty cool for the most part um she she was part of the new avengers and kind of shows up uh she shows up here and there but yeah um who was your favorite oh out of the lots yeah i guess uh is name abraham abraham brown Brown? abraham yeah yeah i just gotta say abraham brown he's just like because it, it looks it looks like he not only kicks ass, but it's just uh, a good lover, and uh, also probably cooks a mean probably cooks a mean steak. Looks hey, like the a, name's Abraham Brown. Like just just across the board, I think Abraham Brown is the best. I think uh, Robert Diamond should just go by Diamond uh, Diamond Robert because that first <laughs> off just better name. Also, I feel like I feel like he uh, put more money into the outfit than the other people's did. Mm. They probably picked up the gi from. They probably picked up a gi from like you know from their place, and uh, and uh, Robert Diamond was just like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the tailor, get like you know, have him make me a custom gi." I like it. Yeah, but but yeah, uh, I think that's pretty much it. So, um. Yeah, uh, let's do plugs. Thanks a lot. Hey, guys, uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Feathers and Foes. Uh, uh, I have a, a website. It is the network, writeonnetwork.com. That is W-R-I-G-H-T on network.com, where we have some lovely podcasts there for you, like Feathers and Foes, a Birds of Prey podcast, as well as a Cassandra Kane Bad Girl podcast and Helena Bertinelli Huntress podcast. If you are a Doctor Who lover like myself, we have Straight Out of Gallifrey where we cover those Doctor Who episodes that feature other Time Lords and Time Ladies I'm old fashioned. And if you have a 90s Jones, we have a Seinfeld podcast called The Four Who Rule, a Seinfeld podcast. Thanks. Okay, my name is Jesse. I have another podcast called Creepy Critters where I talk about 
uh, cryptids when it was some in somewhat lower detail. I also have another podcast called um, Limited Theories, where I talk about Marvel limited series uh, issue by issue with my friend Rob. Uh, by the time this comes out, we're probably discussing. We're probably discussing uh, Rocket Raccoon, or we're getting close to where we're doing the one shot for that season. So, uh, I. Th- so this has been Alphabet Flight, and please listen to Prince Namor, and don't toot that horn. Bye. Bye, guys.